Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from my humble abode of books. And for this, this is the beginning of, y'all, get ready, get ready, get ready. Y'all, this is the beginning, this is the beginning of season three. Oh, my God. Season three. Season three, Piaches. Ah! I can't believe I've been doing this two years now. <laughs> I can't believe I've been doing this two years now. Um, so, first of all, welcome to season three. Uh, second, we're going to be talking all this week, Sunday to Saturday, about masculinity and all the facets thereof, right? So... Today, I, I want to first talk about my perspective on masculine and feminine qualities. Um, for me, to express masculinity is to walk in the direction of achieving power. And to express femininity is walking in the direction of achieving peace. However, I think the biggest stumbling block a lot of men and some women make is the belief that a person is either masculine or feminine, period. Cross the boards, 24 hours a day, all the time, a person is either masculine or feminine. And this is a stumbling block because a lot of the necessary qualities in order to be part of the collective in society has to be both masculine and feminine. Those qualities in femininity that contribute to the collective, to keeping people together, to to understanding your, your fellow citizen, it, it's necessary to have that kind of femininity, to at times be vulnerable, to at times be the listener, to at times be compassionate, to have empathy, um, to be supportive, to be consoling. These qualities, I believe, are feminine qualities. And it doesn't discount men from these qualities. Now, men can be vulnerable, men can be listeners, men can be supportive, men can be consoling, compassionate. Unfortunately, a lot of men 
don't allow their male friends to express these attributes around them. Because in masculinity for far too long, anything feminine was equated with weakness um, and pulls one away from achieving power in masculinity, right? I mean, when I think of the stereotypical man, right? You go into the gym, get big, um, you know, you go to a bar with your girl and, you know, some dude looks at her a little too long and then it's like time for aggression. It's time to achieve that power. Um, getting into an argument with my girlfriend. And, and by the way, I'm going to be concentrating on heterosexual relationships for this. Um, but we can definitely unpack the rest during the week. But just for today, I'm, I'm specifically talking about heterosexual relationships. And the hardest thing to do, right, as a male person is to allow myself to express femininity. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I'm suggesting that men put on makeup. I'm suggesting men wear heels. I'm suggesting, you know, um, men start walking around with the wrist limp. That's, not, that's, that's a facade. That's not what I mean by femininity. What I mean by femininity is walking the path to achieving peace. That's femininity to me. It is not having to be right all the time. It is um, wanting to be a part of the collective and not necessarily lead the collective at all times. For far too long, we have put an unrealistic expectation on men. For far too long. And it's not our own fault. It's, it's the way, you know, traditionally society has had these unrealistic expectations for men. And it has broken many men. If you want to know what the path to power looks like in masculinity, especially in whiteness and masculinity, just look at the fact that the demographic with the highest mortality rate are middle-aged white men. Drugs, alcohol, suicide, depression. And it's because of this one-track mind of what it means to be a man that we, as male persons, are suffering. Suffering, you hear me? I mean suffering. In silence. Go on TikTok. And type in, in the search engine, type, who do men go to when they need help? And you will see a plethora of videos, an absolute cauldron of boiling masculinity. Just these men are in trouble and they, they snicker and they smile and they laugh and they go, hmm. Talk to somebody. I don't talk to nobody. Who, 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 nobody cares. Nobody cares what I'm going through. And because this is what men have been told their whole lives. My mother used to say, John, you need to stop all that damn crying. Nobody gives a fuck what you're going through. 
But at the same time, if there was a female friend of mine in the house and she was upset about something, my mother would say, what's going on, honey? What's the matter? Let's talk about it. My mother believed in this gender binary and she believed that the line between feminine and masculine was a thick red line that you just don't cross. Um, if I spoke and my voice was just a little high, hey mom, how you doing? My mother would say, why are you talking like that? Get, get some bass in your voice. You're a fucking young man. Um, she didn't like... I remember when, you know, I was listening to heavy metal as a teenager and Bon Jovi was getting all the girls riled up and Vince Neil and Motley Crue was getting all the girls riled up. And I just like, I had to put blonde in my hair. I had this long hair and I had to put some blonde in my hair so I could get me some of these girls, you know what I'm saying? And my mom was like, why are you dyeing your hair like that? You look like an F word. Mom, you know, like all the guys are doing it, man. Yeah, because all the guys are turning into F words, she'd say. And um, we're not even going to go into my mother and her problems with Prince. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a whole other segment. We're going to talk about that another day. But I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks for men is believing that at no point in time can they ever be feminine. Can they ever be vulnerable in public or vulnerable, period? Um, crying, you know, is, is frowned upon in this establishment. Um, not knowing what to do when there's a problem. That's considered weakness. It's also not feminine. I don't think that it's feminine to, to be indecisive, to, have a, to not know what to do next. But in masculinity, men are expected to fix fucking problems. Expected to fix problems by too many people and this unrealistic expectation of you're a man do something like you should know what to do automatically it should be instinctual and it's not neither masculinity or femininity is instinctual because of these lines we've drawn in traditional society it would be instinctual if we would allow children to grow up however they want to be. Allowing children to, to develop however their spirit guides them into their development. A boy crying, a girl climbing a tree, you know, um, a boy playing with a Barbie doll, a girl, you know, playing with Hot Wheels, um, This is the difference between sex, male and female, and gender, girls, boys, men, women, masculinity, femininity. The truth is that no one is exclusively feminine or masculine. To be ambitious is considered a masculine trait. I know plenty of women who are ambitious. Plenty of women. Women who there is no argument that they're definitely women that they have feminine qualities, that they do enjoy um, traditional uh, attire for women. They, they partake in, in makeup and heels. Um, however, they're also ambitious. They're also at times stoic. Um, they have 
high expectations for themselves. Um, you won't catch them, you know, crying in public too often. Um, and these are women. There are men that I know that often are vulnerable, um, caring, supportive, consoling, compassionate. And they're considered beta males. They're considered weak. They're considered, you know, um, a waste of masculine energy because they're not trying to achieve any power. And the truth is that for me, whatever you're attracted to as a child is how you will develop. I, I hate when people are like, well, you know, a lot of these guys are feminine because they grew up in a single, single mother household. Child, not with my mother. Shit. My mother wasn't doing none of that feminine stuff when it came to raising boys. She didn't want to hear no whining. She didn't want to see no crying. She didn't want to hear you be indecisive. She didn't want you to stand there twiddling your fingers, not knowing what to do with yourself. My mother would constantly start a conversation with, John, you're a young man. You need to act like it. At 14, I had no idea what the fuck that meant. What does that mean? All I knew about men is that wherever there was violence, there was a man. Growing up, my brothers, um, you know, my dad, wherever there was men, there was a potential for violence. And I believe that that potential for violence is pent up frustration with not being allowed to have feminine qualities, not being allowed to be vulnerable, not being allowed to complain, not being allowed to be afraid. That repressed, um, suppressed emotions turns into a repression of, of all feelings. And all that's left is frustration. All that's left is resentment. And indirectly, I know as a young man, I know I was resentful with society because what I saw of men was nothing that I was interested in, but society wouldn't allow me to develop any other way. God forbid I was a feminine boy. Um, you know, I, when I was a teenager, understand that most of the career community was in the closet. And when I say most, child, I mean most. Men did not talk about their sexuality like that. Um, and not being able to express any qualities of femininity causes a level of frustration. And at that time in the 80s when I was a teenager... To be gay was to be cursed, was to be blasphemous, um, was to be, you know, any pejorative description you could think of. That's what it meant to be gay. And to be trans, forget about it. I mean, back then they didn't even use the word uh, um, trans, you know. Um, they used uh, transvestite, uh, drag queen, um, you know cross-dresser and it was said in such a way 
you know, oh, that, that that's a tranny, you know, this horrible, horrible, um, just public opinion. It, to be queer was to die a social death. You weren't going to get hired a lot of places. You, you weren't um, going to be walking hand in hand in public. You weren't allowed to get married. Um, so to be queer was, I mean, marginalized is one thing, but like you were pushed to the ends, to the edges of the page. You know what I'm saying? Like to the cliff of the paper is where you were. And I believe that masculinity can be beautiful when it is juxtaposed against femininity, when it is blended, when, it, when there's a fusion of masculine and feminine traits. Going on to that Psychology Today article, talking about how these cishet men are lonely, how their inability to decipher their emotions is causing problems in romance. And I believe that a lot of this is due to our traditional perspectives of masculinity. And here's the thing, right? This is where this is where I do have a lot of compassion for cishet men. As boys, we are told this is how it is. This is how you have to be. You have to fix cars. You have to be able to fucking fix a door frame. You you know, you take out the trash. Um you know, you get out the car and and pump the gas. Um open her door. Uh, you know, don't cry. Um, never tell your 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 woman that you know you lost your job. Like that, that's just your whole identity is just gone. Um, you are the disciplinarian of the children. You are hardworking. If you can work more hours, work more hours because you have to support your family. And and all of this is is browbeaten into us as boys. You fix things, you don't fear, you don't cry, you don't complain, you work. And it's almost robotic, you know? And being raised this way, being told by your parents, by your neighbors, by staff in your school, young men are to be this way. Young women are to be this way. And then this amazing thing happens. The times change. And now there are, there are men my age, 40, 50, who don't know how to fix themselves into this new society that is occurring. Where being trans is not only acceptable, but it's beautiful. Um, to be vulnerable is a welcomed expression. To be afraid is valid and normal. To listen. And, and the funny thing about listening is, 
I think that far too many of us equate listening to obedience. So being the listener, a lot of men equate that with being submissive. When my ex-wife used to say, honey, listen to me. There was a part of me that felt cut down, chopped down at the knee, you know, because um, in my head, I used to believe that when my wife had a problem, it was my job to fix it. So my wife would say, oh, God, this fucking car, I don't know what's going on. And I go, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll take it down to the mechanic and get it fixed. She's like, honey, just just, just listen. Like, I just had a horrible day. And I'm like, all right, babe, let me just fix the car and then we can talk about the rest of your day. And she was like, just listen. And I felt like she snatched my masculinity from me. She didn't let me do my job. My mother said, fix the fucking problems. You're a man. That's what men do. You fix problems. So why was my ex-wife trying to stop me from fixing the damn problem. So I would start yelling. The fuck you want me to listen? You told me the car is broke. Now I'm gonna go fix the fucking car. Like, what, what is your problem? And she's like, you don't listen. I'm like, honey, I'm listening. You told me you had X problem. All right, I'm gonna take Z solution to solve your problem. And then it's over. She's like, sometimes, babe, I just want you to listen when I'm having a hard time. And I didn't get it. What the fuck is that going to do? That's not going to solve anything. You want me to just stand here while you vent and then when you're done venting, guess what? All the fucking problems are still here and I still got to fix something. So all you're doing is wasting time. Ouch. And what my wife got out of that was, so when I talk to you, I am wasting your time. And I'm like, no, but when I'm trying to fix a problem you brought to my attention... Everything else you say after that is a distraction from me wanting to fix this problem. And she said, babe, I can fix the problem without you. And I'm like, but then what the fuck are you telling me your problem for? John, 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 John. Before, <laughs> before I went to college and learned a lot about feminist theory and was able to speak with a lot of women who just academically, they just had a wealth of knowledge. And they would sit me down and they would explain, John, this is what she's trying to tell you. This is what the problem is. And this is the issues in heterosexual relationships and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. Oh, oh, that's why that's wrong. So all I needed to do was just hear her out and like just give her a hug and hope that her evening goes better. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, but haven't I failed by not fixing? They're like, no, no. And, and here's the thing. It's like the times are changing. Women work. Women pay their own bills. Women have their own cars. You know, they can order out. They can Instacart. Um, they can hire somebody else to come clean their house. The, the roles, the gender roles have changed. A woman doesn't need me, period. It's not that she doesn't need me to pay her bills. She doesn't need me to open her car door. She doesn't need me. A woman doesn't need me, period. And part of the frustration is when men are relying on the gender role, they render themselves useless 
to the contemporary woman. Because she doesn't need you in that gender role. She doesn't need you calling the shots. She doesn't need you handling the money. She doesn't need you paying all her bills. She doesn't need you to discipline her children. What she needs is a companion. Someone who listens, someone who's supportive, someone who's compassionate, someone who's understanding, someone who can laugh with them, someone who can cuddle on the couch and watch a movie with them. She wants a partner. And yeah, at some point, maybe you live together, maybe then you talk about finances and, and you know raising children and what the rules are and what the understanding is. But again, it is no longer the traditional gender roles. And that is where a lot of men have found themselves hitting a wall. Because being raised to be solely ambitious, stoic, you know, um, ceaselessly uh, working and being financially supportive and being the muscle and being the, the fixer of all the problems, that's useless now to so many women. To so many women, that's just useless. What they need is emotionally healthy men. And granted, I know I'm talking solely about heterosexual relationships today, and that's what this is going to be about um, most of this week. Um, I am going to talk about different forms of masculinity in queer relationships, um, but that'll be later on. But this idea of men no longer being needed, I know a lot of guys talk about, man, these women out here, you know, it's a turnoff that, that she's so ambitious. It's a turnoff that, you know, she's making all this money. And, you know, I can't have my woman making more money than me. And da 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 That's that traditional sense of masculinity that is dead. It's dead, guys. It's dead. It's gone. It's gone. Very few women are looking for the quote-unquote alpha male. Very few women. Very few. A lot of them say... They're looking for an alpha male until they're in a relationship with a motherfucking alpha male. And they're like, I'm so tired of arguing with this boy. I'm, he doesn't listen. He just like, you know, he takes off with his friends and, you know, um, he doesn't hear me when I'm trying to express emotions. He doesn't want to talk about his feelings. And all of these things cause strife and strain because... You can't graft a new idea on a closed mind. And too many men, let's face it, when it comes to things like the, I know this word, a lot of guys don't like this word, but the patriarchy. Society ruled solely by men, mostly by white men throughout history. There is a certain convenience and comfort in being a man. There is a lot of privilege that comes with being a man. And a lot of men don't want to give up the control or the power, let's just say. Me personally, I don't really have a problem with it. Like my ex-wife made a whole lot more money than I did. And I was proud of her and I was happy to see her being successful. I think there for you know for far too long she had she had two daughters when I met her and for far too long I've watched single mothers struggle. I watched my mother breaking her own back as a nurse's aide <clears throat> working at an after hours joint doing sex work and dealing drugs while collecting welfare and still we were broke. And still we were broke. 
And, you know, my dad just off being a playboy, not sending any money, not spending any time with me. And we never spoke on it. No one confronted my dad, not even me, for the entirety of my life about how shitty of a father and a partner he was. Because, you know, that's a man. That's a man for you. Once he's gone, that's it, honey. And I I never, I, I could never understand it. And I think there are certain things about me, about my attraction to femininity that has kept me sane throughout the years. I really believe that there are certain forms of masculinity that are equivalent to insanity. I've heard guys say, if she's still posting selfies on Instagram, she's cheating. I've heard men say, if a woman makes more money than me, it's a turnoff. If she doesn't need me to fix things around the house, it's a turnoff. That is to say, if the woman isn't weak, then I can't appear strong. And how desperate so many men end up. Because in this new society, we no longer need a hunter. We don't need you. We don't need hunters. The food is in the fucking supermarket. All we need you to do is go pick it up and bring it home. That's it. There's no more hunting. Which means... Your strength, your agility, those things aren't as necessary as they used to be. Um, your, willing to, your willingness to take over a situation, to take control of, of a problem and fix it, again, no longer necessary with so many women. They are fixing their own problems. They are, they are taking care of their own lives. What they would like to see, from what I understand... They would like to see men taking care of their own lives. Men who can cook a full meal. Men, you know, who can cry. Men who can say, God, this has been a shitty day. You got time to talk. I just, I need to vent. Women are looking for men who are not afraid of a therapist's office. And believe you me, men, a lot of us, need therapy if we're going to give up these traditional ideas of masculinity. Because most qualities of masculinity are in... No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Most of the qualities of masculinity have a lot to do with violence. Again, for me, masculinity is about achieving power. So there is this almost sociopathic perspective on manhood where there is no room for emotions, there is no room for indecision, there is no room for weakness, for asking for help. Whereas femininity and that path to peace has to do with the community has to do with the collective, has to do with asking for help, has to do with, you know, um, sharing the responsibilities, 
um, making other people's lives easier. And in return, those same people make your life a little easier. And men, for the most part, don't know how to be a part of the community. They think they're supposed to just lead the community. Far too often. I, I, I can't tell you how many protests I've been to where all the men are running up to the bullhorn because they have something to say. Meanwhile, the entire protest was organized by women. And if we go back through history, if we go back to the days of Dr. King, um, to the, you know, the, the travels of Malcolm X, these men were in the spotlight, were center stage, were, you know, considered the leaders. When the truth is, there were these women in the background taking care of all the details, booking your flights, uh, you know, passing out the flyers, making the phone calls, cooking the food, giving men sustenance so they can stand out there and show out and be the example. Those days are, are, are long gone, you know? And I think that men need to stop seeing sharing the responsibilities, sharing the ambition and, and the money, um, having a woman who's working just as hard, who's making as much, if not more money than he is, it doesn't say anything about the man. We as men need to redefine ourselves. Sometimes I still call myself a man. I'm just a male person. But... um. As men, there is an essential understanding that men need to come to about today's expectations. And here it is. Take care of yourself, heal others, and listen. Take care of yourself, heal others, and listen. These are qualities that far too often have been lacking in the masculine community. You can still be a tough guy and be vulnerable with your girlfriend or wife. You can still be ambitious while taking a break to hug your son, kiss him on the cheek and tell him it's okay to cry. It's not going to strip you of your masculine identity if sometimes you break down, if you tell your girlfriend or your wife or your mother, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know what to do. It's okay. It is really okay to need help. I'm not going to go into all the details about why masculinity is the way it is right now. Um, because there's going to be other parts of this series and we're going to talk about the influence that capitalism and racism has played on masculinity. Um, but right now, I think it's important for men to consider seeing a therapist. Look, if you don't know what's wrong with your fucking car, you take it to a mechanic. 
If you don't know what's wrong with your fucking breathing, you go to a hospital. If you don't know what's wrong in your relationship, you go to a fucking therapist. If your wife or your girlfriend or your partner is saying the same shit to you time and time again, I keep telling you, I don't need you to fix my problems. I just need you to listen. And you don't know what that means? Call a therapist. Ask a therapist. Look, she keeps telling me I'm not listening. I fucking hear every word she's saying. What does that mean? And let a therapist explain it to you. That's what they're there for. It's just another different kind of body shop, except the body in therapy is going to be your spirit, your mentality, your emotional uh, maturity. That's what you're, you're fixing in therapy. And a lot of us need it, man. A lot of us need it. And it doesn't mean, I don't know why it means you're weak if you go to therapy. I mean, does it mean you're weak if you go to the ER? If, if you got fucking stabbed and you go see a doctor to get some stitches or to get surgery, does that mean you're weak because you didn't just fucking bleed out or just shove a towel in the hole and wait for it to heal on its own? Like, what is it about therapy? What is it? Is it the fact that there's a box of tissues there and you, and you know, there's this unspoken expectation that everybody who walks in here cries? Is that what it is? Because It could be because we're told from... Man, I mean, I'm alive 52 years. The first time my mother told me to cut out all that crying and stop acting like a little bitch, I was four. I was four. 48 years of masculinity browbeaten into my skull. How I'm not allowed to have emotions. That was a big one. I'm not allowed to be too happy. I'm not allowed to be sad. I was allowed to be angry as long as I wasn't disrespectful to my mama, but I was, it was okay to be angry and it was okay for a woman to cry, but it wasn't okay for a woman to be angry and for a man to cry because again, those gender identities are solidified in societal expectations. So if you're a man and you're around my age, you've been growing up without crying, without anybody to talk to, with no experience in asking for help, um, you assume to know what you're supposed to do in a relationship when, I mean, if you're like me, you're single and you're middle-aged, which means every fucking relationship you've had up until this point has failed. That's it. If you're a middle-aged single man, every relationship you've tried to have has failed. For 40 fucking years, for decades, your inability to function in a healthy relationship has everything to do with your resistance to emotional maturity. A lot of men think they know what that means. They don't. I'm telling you. The first time I had someone walk me up to a mirror, look myself in the face and say, I love me. John, I love you. I love me. John, I love you. I couldn't do it. I started bawling like a little baby. I could not stop crying. And I didn't understand why at that time. I think I was 17 the first time that happened to me. Shout out to Joe Servilio because that's, that's who taught me about that. I didn't know 
who the fuck I was. And I didn't like the person that I saw in the mirror because that person was absolutely clueless about emotions. I didn't know that it was okay to be vulnerable with a woman. I didn't know it was okay to say I'm scared. I didn't know it was okay to say I miss my mom because I was trying to be a young man and I was trying to be a survivor. So I was trying to be stoic and and just roll with it. And you know, that's what men do. They just roll with it. You know, they, whatever comes, they just handle that shit. And it's an unrealistic expectation for any human being to think that no matter what comes down the pike, they're just going to be able to handle it. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Such bullshit. I believe that the universe doesn't give us any problem that doesn't have a solution. But the solution doesn't necessarily come from me. It comes from the collective. And I have to figure out who has that solution. So I have to ask for help. And there lies the problem with men. Because we are told, this is your problem, you fix it. That's your wife, whatever her problems are, your problems. Fix them. Your kid needs something, go make it happen. Don't ask anybody else for shit. Go make it happen. And that's a lonely place to be. It's a lonely place to be. And I am sorry to all uh, cishet men out here, you know, who are having difficulties in a relationship, who they're just being told the same things by different women or, or by the same partner you've had for a long time. And they just don't get it. Women are just so emotional. Um, they'll say, you know. And here's the thing. They're not so emotional. They're expressing emotions. And it looks extreme because we've never been allowed by society to express emotions. And now it seems like women have been given all the opportunities that men have had for a long time, right? Women are going to work. Women are earning their own paychecks. Women are getting their own benefits. You know, they're they're going on their own paid vacations. You know, they're buying their own car. They're taking care of themselves, their clothes. They're they're totally self-sufficient, which for the longest time was the expectation of men to do for women. Okay, so that's been taken away. However, we weren't given anything in place of that idea. We weren't given another option. So being this, you know, muscle-bound, stoic, controlling, just pillar, you know, um, it's now unnecessary. It's useless and it's overrated. So there is, we're going to have to embrace a lot of ideas that we've associated with femininity that are not necessarily feminine or for women exclusively, but for human beings. The bottom line is we've been lied to men. We've been lied to. It's not fucking true. You don't have to walk around, you know, with all your feelings stuffed down deep inside you. It's not true. It's a lie. 
women need us to not only have emotions, but be able to identify them and express them without aggression. We need to be able to have conversations with our partners that don't require yelling. And let me tell you, I'm a New Yorker and I'm still recovering from my misogyny, all right? Yelling, I it's a fucking, it, it's my first language. What are you kidding me? Like in my house, everybody yelled. Everybody. Look how loud I'm talking right now. The phone is like nine inches from my face and I'm still loud as fuck. When my wife would say, my ex-wife would say, honey, stop yelling. I'm like, what? I'm not fucking yelling at you. I just need to get this out. What do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I'm angry. Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to just, what? Just shut up? Just sit here? Nod? Like, you know, you don't want me to be a man. Ha ha. That's not what she said. Why can't I be a man without being aggressive? Why can't I be a man without being stoic? Why can't I be a man and love flowers? Why can't I be a man and love hugging my son and, you know, not being the disciplinarian? Why can't I be a man and be the soft parent? Um, be the listener, be, be the hugger, the, the one who kisses the boo-boos, you know? We need to stop drawing this hard line between femininity and masculinity. It's not doing us any service. Men, go to therapy. Just, just give it a shot, you know? Go get the car fixed, man. You know, just take, take the mind into the office and if you've never been to a therapist, find some fucking open-mindedness, man. Like, we've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok. We have been told that in order to be a man, you can't feel anything but aggression. We've been told in order to be a man, you have to be at times violent. In order to be a man, we have to have complete iron-fisted control of our domain, our children, our wives, our girlfriends, our partners, whatever. And it's all a lie. All of it, it's a lie. And we're going to go into capitalism uh, tomorrow and talk about what capitalism has done to influence masculinity. Um, but for now, I just want to tell men, go to the nearest mirror. Look yourself in the eye and say, I love you three times. And seriously, give it a sincere attempt and see how you feel. And be honest. Be honest with yourself about how you feel doing it. Do you feel ridiculous? Do you feel stupid? Do you feel like this is some, you know, F shit, um, queer shit? To be sensitive, to be soft, to be vulnerable. This is not, this has nothing to do with being a woman. This has everything to do with being a full, complete human being. There is no human being on this earth 
that is completely 100% masculine or completely 100% feminine. And we need to stop seeing femininity as weakness. We need to stop associating femininity with, you know, um, inability. Too often we see femininity as inability. She can't change a tire. She can't pump the gas. She can't, she can't, she can't drive. She can't this, she can't that. And it's like, meanwhile, women are doing the damn thing. And a lot of men are walking around here not knowing how to participate in this new setup and new requirements of a relationship. Um, I feel like I'm rambling and ranting and going in a lot of different directions. So I'm going to bring this to a halt. Um, but remember to love yourself today. And if you fall short, remember you could start your day over at any time, y'all. Black Fluid Poet, your kin, signing off. Peace, y'all. Hey, y'all, your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care.